ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. How are you tracking right now? The people I know are riding a festive period roller coaster. Christmas parties, holiday plans, work deadlines, navigating family dynamics as we limp to the conclusion of 2023. It's also a time for reflection, and I'm not talking about personal growth necessarily in this instance. I'm talking about year-end review lists. This week, we're counting down the top 20 stories of 2023 from a sporting sense. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Okay, so these lists inevitably result in frustration at times. How could you rank my footy team's achievements so low? How did you forget to include that athlete's scandal and so on? Here's the criteria and framework we use to determine our rankings. And it's three things. Audience interests. Is it an Australian story? How heavily was it consumed on ABC channels? And thirdly, our editorial view. I'm talking about impact and ownership of the sporting conversation. So with that all sorted, let's get into it. To what do you attribute this explosion of, of uh, popularity now in, in the States? I was going to say something serious, but I think ultimately it's probably my good looks. So Daniel Ricciardo's only joking with Stephen Colbert, but like all jokes, there's a kernel of truth, isn't there? The personality is one of the drive to survive era stars of Formula One. So when motorsport fans, new and old, rocked up to the season launch at Melbourne Park, you couldn't but feel a bit flat that he was not going to be on the grid. Sure, look, he was a big part of the event. In fact, a promo vid he shot with Red Bull where he drove a car around Australia to get to Albert Park was arguably the most talked about and probably most watched piece of content leading into the Melbourne Grand Prix. We need to test the car under Australia's toughest conditions. From the harsh outback to the treacherous Mount Panorama, we've assembled a crack team of some of Australia's top racing experts to help you out. G'day everyone, good to see you. G'day boys, how we doing? Oh, a couple of good-looking lads on the call. Have you still got that RB7? Uh, yeah, yeah, I got it, mate, back in the shed. Um, I think it's still running. Yet you couldn't help but feel a sense of sadness that this talent, who was once talked about as contending for a world title, was now a reserve driver being leveraged for views and engagement rather than lap times and success. Weren't the vibes immaculate then in July when it emerged the 34-year-old was coming back with Red Bull feeder team AlphaTauri? I mean, the show wouldn't be the same without me, so what do you do? Producer Poppy Penny is fond of calling the AlphaTauri car a tractor, and that indicated how many thought he might have a tough time at his new team and their sometimes slow operation. Down towards the uh, bottom five of Ricardo. Can't get out of that bottom five. His time not good enough. Yet the time off confronting his F1 mortality clearly proved reinvigorating as he used the remainder of the season to scrap for points and show his value to the open market. At the time of publish, rumours are swirling around a possible return to Red Bull alongside Max Verstappen. That's really the dream. Honestly, to end my career as a Red Bull driver would be perfect. You'd love to see it. On to story 19, and it's a new twist on an old classic of footballers in trouble after dark. Um, I hope everyone knows and understands the seriousness of, of what's going on, and um, this is 
a massive hit on community and a, a massive high as well. Um, you know, through the last 10 months, it's been very hard for myself, not only myself, but my family and what they've had to read and, and endure. Yeah, traumatic experience. When Indigenous NRL stars Latrell Mitchell and Jack Whiten were arrested in February, I think everyone folded away under footballers behaving badly. A couple of adversaries settling on-field rivalry, off-field after a few too many beers. But the deeper you dug the less sense it made. The pair are actually distant cousins. They'd been celebrating Whiten's 30th birthday. What were we missing here? When they finally had their day in court, we got answers, and lots of them. The disturbing vision of the event in question did indeed show the pair engaged in a wrestle outside the ironically named Fiction nightclub in Canberra. It also showed the heavy-handed intervention of police, And it's nothing short of distressing to hear Mitchell yelping for restraint from the officers. My shoulders! When it emerged that the prosecutor's case was constructed on police evidence that was proven to be false, it wasn't long before the charges were dropped. Here's Channel 9 court reporter Tiffany Genders talking to us back in November. There was police body-worn camera footage played and it basically showed that the allegations that he made against Jack Whiten, that he was acting aggressively with his fists clenched and an angry look on his face, you know, ready to square off at any moment, that that simply didn't happen. There was vision played to the court uh, which showed, you know, nothing more than a, a few seconds of a tense exchange Exchange. And that vision was played to the officer and he had to admit that the allegation that he made and wrote in an official police report was clearly not true. Watching the vision of Whiten and Mitchell play fighting outside a Canberra court after beating the rap, you got the sense that the two hadn't been too adversely impacted. Tiff Genders gave us a different picture of what she saw inside the courtroom. In court, you could really see the emotional toll that it has taken on both of these players, particularly Luttrell, who had to be comforted throughout the case, re-watching that vision. And Luttrell's lawyer, Tom Taylor, delivered a poignant line in the wake of the matter. Mr Mitchell and Mr Whiten are proud Indigenous men who have been subject to the power of police acting oppressively, violently and outside the law. We know Indigenous people are dying in custody. We know Indigenous people are more likely to be arrested. We know Indigenous people are more likely to be incarcerated. We need to do better as a community. Due to the courage of Mr Mitchell and Mr Whiten to push back against these false allegations, they've been able to clear their names, but not everyone gets that chance. Story number 18 in our top 20 for the year was a feat not achieved in over two decades. When without a fight, beat West Wind blows in an epic Caulfield Cup. West Wind blows 100 to go without a fight. Coming at it without a fight. West Wind blows the heads in unison without a fight. Without a fight, won the Caulfield Cup. Lovers of horse racing wondered if the gelding could go the extra distance in the race that stops a nation. The Friedman family-trained nag got an enormous boost when Mark Zara, the jockey aboard at Caulfield, decided against riding the horse on which he won the 2022 Melbourne Cup. That choice came in for some predictable scrutiny, but he was looking like a genius on the first Tuesday in November as the pair romped home to victory. Without a fight, 100 metres to go, two or three lengths in front, coming away from Shiraz and also Solgum. Without a fight, Mark Zara, a Melbourne Cup champion. 
The jockey delivered a two-fingered salute to the crowd. It's not what you're thinking. At least, that's what he says. It was all over and I stood up the irons, giving the two fingers for two winners. I don't know what I was thinking, idiot. <laughs> if that story was partly about the cementing of an athlete near the top of their game, this one is about an emphatic arrival of sorts. Sports fans would have probably been across the name Molly O'Callaghan before the Swimming World Championships in Japan in July, but... Her performance there sent waves through the sport. Molly's going to her, and the world record's in jeopardy. Molly O'Callaghan over the top. Come on, Molly, stretch out. Yeah. She's world record. record. Amazing. What a finish. What a race, Australia won two. The reason this story is a massive deal is because there are world records, and then there are world records. The 200-metre freestyle mark that Molly O'Callaghan broke stood for 14 years. She was five years old when it was set. And the woman who set it was wearing one of the fabled super suits. And under 153, incredible. 152.85, Molly O'Callaghan, incredible swim. So perfectly timed. There's even more context. The fact that the 19-year-old upstage Olympic gold medalist and training partner, Ariane Sipmas, and did it all just five weeks after dislocating her knee. It wasn't the end of the victories. There were relay world records and gold in the 1- and 200-metre freestyle, and also a solo victory in the 100 free after she had trailed after the opening lap. Our defending champion, O'Callaghan, in front. In she goes now, O'Callaghan. What a swim it has been by her. It is another gold medal to Australia, and Molly O'Callaghan does it again. Plenty of reason to think she might be the story of the Paris 2024 Olympics. At number 16, it's a story that rocked the code of AFL and saw some of the biggest names in the sport of Aussie rules under intense scrutiny. When the Hawthorne racism story broke in grand final week of 2022, the AFL announced a four-person panel to investigate the allegations, and the organisation expected the findings in December of that year. By the time May 2023 rolled around, there was no indication we were any closer to a resolution. And tempers were fraying, as implicated coaches Chris Fagan, now at Brisbane, and Alistair Clarkson, now at North Melbourne, made it clear they were unhappy. The Kangaroos mentor lashed out at his weekly press conference in May, taking aim at his former club, Hawthorne. And there's one particular party out there that was the catalyst for all this that haven't been investigated at all. Um, Their governance and conduct in this whole thing, the Hawthorne Football Club, just shameful. And he was also angry at the fact he had not been investigated by the panel looking into the matter at that point. Yeah, we're just waiting for the opportunity and and the platform to be able to tell our side of the story. And when we... Uh, when we get that, then, you know, Fags, myself and Jace, right from the get-go, have been willing to cooperate and be involved in this investigation. But eight months later, we still haven't heard when or how it's all going to unfold. So that will hopefully transpire in the, in the next little while. Just a week later, Clarkson stepped away from football indefinitely, citing the mental and physical toll of the investigations. And a week after that, the AFL announced a conclusion to the probe altogether. McLaughlin saying they reached an agreement with the First Nations complainants who had participated and there were no adverse findings against Clarkson, Fagan or Jason Burt. It's an outcome that gives certainty for the defendants that they are. there are no adverse findings and it gives, it's been given a process that has been endorsed by the complainants where they feel heard. 
When you consider that none of the coaches were formally interviewed, that a number of the First Nations people declined to even be involved in the process, there's a deep sense of unfinished business, and the fallout continues to drag on. Hawthorne's being investigated by the AFL for its handling of the situation. The aggrieved families at the centre of the story, they're tied up in the Human Rights Commission with mediation set for February 2024. There could still be much to come. In this story, there have been no winners. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Poppy Penny. Today was part one of our four-part series, looking at the biggest Australian sports stories of 2023. We cannot wait to bring you more throughout the week. Thanks to Fox Sports, Netflix, Formula One, Red Bull Racing, Sky Sports, Channel 10, the World Aquatic Championships, and Channel 9 for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.